Hello and welcome to the AMP podcast, the brand new podcast from Ampere Analysis, bringing you the latest business insights, talking points and research from industry experts in the global media landscape. This week, we will be discussing how the COVID-19 pandemic is affecting the wider industry. To do this, research director Guy Bisson will host a panel consisting of Richard Broughton, Lottie Towler and Piers Harding-Rolls. Richard will first discuss the economic impact of the pandemic, outlining its effects on the TV and online advertising sector. Lottie then breaks down Ampere's latest research on Netflix viewing trends, explaining how the lockdown is shaping the popularity of on-demand services. Finally, Piers takes us through how the games industry is affected by these unprecedented times. As I'm sure many of you are, Ampere is currently practicing social distancing, so this episode has been recorded via video conference. As such, we apologise for any audio difficulties and look forward to being able to record our future episodes when back in the office together. To keep up to date with the latest industry analysis, stay ahead of the curve with the AMP podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first of what will be a regular podcast from Ampere Analysis, the AMP podcast will take you through our latest thinking on industry trends and what's happening out in the wider market. We're going to mix it up a bit, talking to a number of different analysts about their specialist areas. And the topic this week is the topic that is on everybody's mind, what the impact of COVID-19 is on the wider industry. We've been working very rapidly to adjust our forecasts and try and predict where each sector of the industry will be heading. And this week, we've put a lot of work into the advertising market and what the likely impact on online television advertising is. I'm going to start by talking to Research Director Richard Broughton about some of the adjustments and some of the impacts we're seeing in that space. Richard, I think it's uh, widely accepted that we're heading for a global recession. Um, What are the latest indications on how big that might be and the likely scale of the downturn? Yeah, so one of the things that we've seen over the last two to three weeks is uh, various economic institutions progressively uh, downgrading uh, their forecasts. So at the beginning of March, um, when we were starting to see the early signs of uh, the impact coronavirus might have most uh, economic bodies, had only put in place mild downgrades to their global economic projections. So um, consensus figures were for global GDP growth of about 2%, and that was down from consensus of 2.8% for 2020 um, prior to, to hit. Now, if you fast forward a few weeks, by the end of March, uh, we're looking at consensus figures that have now tipped into negative growth, uh, minus 0.2% on average across various economic bodies. Um, which puts us well in uh, recession territory uh, for the global uh, economy. And obviously that will then have uh, negative implications for a number of media sectors, the the ad sector included. So we've been here before, of course, um, most notably in 2009 when there was a economic recession back then. What can we learn about that period and how it might impact the advertising sector? Well, certainly the 2009 crisis has been very very helpful from a modelling perspective. Um, Advertising as an industry is um, highly cyclical, very sensitive to changes in uh, underlying confidence in the markets. And the immediate effect of the financial crisis back in 2008-9 was a significant cutback in advertising expenditure that um, exceeded the 
the economic hits to, to GDP by quite some degree. Um, so globally, we saw um, for the TV advertising market, what was previously a growth year on year of three to four percent shrank to minus six percent in 2009. Um, and the online advertising market, which at that time was was very nascent, was growing very rapidly, 30, 40 percent growth per year shrank to just 5% uh, growth in 2009. Um, so it gives us an idea of how quickly advertisers, media buyers cut back on expenditure uh, and gives us some idea of how they're likely to react and how they are reacting already um, through the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. Um, we've already seen some pretty hefty cutbacks from advertisers, both um, in the TV sector um, and online. I mean, the causes this time around are very different. Do you think the impact also will be different? Yeah, we're likely to see some slightly different effects across um, sectors. I mean, par paradoxically, this, this time around, we're seeing significant increases in TV consumption. So people are watching more TV than, than, than ever, or certainly for the last few years, as they're um, stuck at home in many markets due to lockdown or quarantine measures. Um, similarly, for the online advertising impressions, people are spending more time online. Broadband's a lot better than it was uh, back in 2009. Um, so, so the volume of advertising impressions that people are being exposed to uh, is on the up for both of those media. Um, if we consider a few of the other sectors, um, print uh, is one particular sector that will have been quite badly impacted by um, the, the, the lockdown measures that have been imposed across many markets, um, simply due to the fact that people aren't going out, they're not necessarily buying newspapers uh, or magazines anymore. Uh, and that's suffering a double whammy of not only the immediate economic effects and the advertiser cutbacks, uh, but also the fact that consumers aren't necessarily buying the newspapers or magazines and reading them and being exposed to the advertising, similarly for out-of-home uh, ad means. Um, but the bad news, of course, for TV and online is that although people are watching more, consuming more and being exposed to more advertising, uh, many of the key sectors um, which would have been spending during this period, you know, travel, retail, leisure, tourism, uh, have, of course, cut back expenditure significantly uh, as movement has been curtailed. So what sort of timings are we looking at for the downturn? When's this going to kick in, really kick in in the industry? It's, it's already kicking in. So we're starting to see uh, many of the groups reliant on ad funding downgrading um, their projections for both full year, but also for the subsequent quarters. We're going to see the worst impact at the end of Q1 and through Q2. Uh, many groups are assuming or at least hoping that the um, the interim measures will be, begin to be lifted in the second half of the year and advertiser spend will begin to return to normal. Um, but it's at that stage where we're also going to see some of the economic aftershocks um, flow through the market with lower consumer disposable income as people have lost their jobs, wages are depressed uh, and companies are beginning to scale up again. Um, so we're unlikely to see uh, a full recovery and indeed um, what, what the, the after effect of the 2008-2009 uh, financial crisis Ironically enough, in North America, 2020 was going to be the year that the North American net advertising revenue finally exceeded pre-2009 figures on uh, a real basis, adjusting for inflation. That's now not going to happen, and I suspect we'll see a number more years uh, of, of effectively depressed advertising spending uh, as a consequence of the uh, systematic damage that the, um, the pandemic's done to the economies in many major markets worldwide. So we've been spending the week adjusting our forecasts. Can you put any numbers on it? Where do our forecasts sit in terms of TV and online? Yes, certainly. So um, 
these are i would note these are still preliminary we're really very early in the process at the moment um and this is based on the latest economic guidance and um some of the metrics that various agencies and ad funded uh broadcasters or online players have been issuing but we've we've downgraded our online advertising projections for 2020 from 284 billion dollars worldwide to 267 uh, billion dollars and that still represents a marginal growth um year on year of about four or five percent but is significantly down uh on 2018 and 2019 growth um we're downgrading tv from 172 billion dollars worldwide down to 151 billion um tv as a sector was already in um a cyclical decline um 2019 the global tv advertising industry shrank by about 2% um by our calculations um we're expecting it to decline by about 10% um in 2020 uh, and then the rest of the advertising market as we've um already discussed um is likely to see some significant impacts from uh, effectively footfall or Uh, lower ad impressions on magazines newspapers out of home um so we're expecting a minus 19% decline in the other segments of the markets this year down from about 120 billion down to just over 100 billion uh in revenue so some pretty significant downgrades we are expecting a bit of a bounce back in 2021 but as previously discussed some of the aftershocks of the uh, pandemic are likely to echo down for a few years yet so um we're we're not expecting the figures to to bounce back to the same trajectory uh or the same scale that we would have expected had the pandemic not occurred. Thanks and obviously this is a a fast evolving and constantly moving situation so keep tuning into our podcast keep up to date with our weekly covid-19 impact analysis um in case we make further changes throughout the coming weeks and months. So Lotti um you've been doing a lot of research recently on content on Netflix particularly drilling down into some of the top 10 data that they've started to release in many of their markets um what are you seeing in terms of the popularity of titles and different shows on Netflix as everyone is stuck at home in lockdown So a couple of weeks ago as lockdown and social distancing measures were implemented in an increasing number of markets um we saw quite a few topical productions about pandemics and viruses which were among the most watched titles on Netflix globally um so including a new new documentary series pandemic how to prevent an outbreak um but also slightly older 2011 film contagion um last week we've actually seen uh the top 3 titles that were newly released Netflix originals um that were all produced in Spain um so including the platform which is a horror movie and TV shows Elite and Top Boy so while a lot of big um, Netflix markets are Spanish speaking um these titles have also been attracting audiences from different language backgrounds more general trends show that um new titles unsurprisingly feature a lot um as do Netflix originals TV shows tend to dominate with not many movies making it into the top 10s um and genre-wise crime and thriller has been the most popular over the last month. And these these sort of general trends all reflect the types of content that Netflix um tends to promote on its homepage. It's interesting that people turn to crime and horror at a, t- at a time of crisis but I think you've also been looking at um search data Google search data and looking for trends there. What what have you seen there? So there's been an increase in consumers um in the UK searching for all film genres across the board. 
um, as sort of viewing time in general increases. But searches around comedy as a film genre um, has seen the highest uplift um, as consumers look for something lighthearted and feel good to watch. And what about um, broadcaster on demand and streaming services? Are there any notable differences between what you're picking up in terms of the SVOD players and the local and regional broadcasters? So with more time spent at home, binge viewing on SVOD will be at an all-time high. Um, but consumer interest in local broadcaster show, shows has also um, been high. So we compared some of Netflix's top new original titles, such as Spencer Confidential and Ozark, for which a new series, um, new season has just been released. Um, and we're seeing a similar level of consumer engagement um, for these as we are with some lower budgets or long time favourites. Um, so in the UK, things like Anton Deck, Saturday Night Takeaway or Coronation Street. Um, and another example would be in Germany, Big Brother is still is still generating quite a lot of consumer interest. Interesting. And what about the, the, the newest stuff that you're picking up appearing on platform? Are any trends you can detail for us there? So March saw a significantly higher proportion of unscripted titles in Netflix's sort of newly added titles. Um, than, new, than usual, um, and about 90% of these were acquired. So while it's still quite early, it's a bit too early to be able to see consistent trends in catalogue evolution, um, this is a trend that we are likely to see more of. Unscripted content tends to be cheaper, so SVODs could be looking to acquire content of this sort to bulk out their catalogues in response to viewing times increasing, um, but also to make up in um, sort of delays in production for new originals that were expected to arrive on the platform in coming months. Interesting. And of course, as we've detailed in our weekly report this week, um, acquired content should be seeing something of a boom right now as the production hiatus stops all new production, at least for the coming few weeks or months. Going to move now on, on to our, our newest analyst, uh, Piers Harding-Rolls. He's heading our new games division. Um, games is one of the sectors that has seen something of a boom with people being stuck at home uh, looking for something to do. Um, how positive is that overall for the games industry, Piers? Hi there, Guy. Um, yes, it's overall very positive, but I think it uh, could be characterised as a sort of short-term impact um, while people are stuck at home. Under lockdown, obviously, they're going to spend more time consuming entertainment and games has been one of the uh, forms of entertainment that they've picked up on uh, significantly. But um, I expect it just that sort of uptick to last during this process of lockdown as people start to become um, more free. Obviously, that will, I think, be reduced and normalized over time. <coughs> Uh, we've already seen evidence of that in China, for example, um, as people have um, come out of lockdown, usage has returned to normal levels. So I think that's um, what we should expect. Um, in terms of uh, sort of more lasting impact, obviously, as we've been stuck in our homes, I think uh, we've been more active in terms of digital consumption. And we've seen the closure of retail stores, high street retail stores for physical media, for example, in recent weeks. And as a result, I think we could see a more longer uh, lasting kind of step change in terms of consumption uh, through different distribution channels. So I think this transition across 
to um, digital will be more uh, significantly felt um, during this uh, as we come out of this um, outbreak. So it's going to accelerate the transition that that is already underway, I guess, towards online and um, mobile gaming. Um, how has the gaming industry changed since the last recession, and, and is it actually more resilient because of the, the fact that those shifts were already well underway? Uh, I, I guess you could argue that in a way, but the industry is is really and market is really very different from two thousand and eight. If you look back in 2008, there was no mobile app stores, for example. The whole mobile market had not gone through this explosive growth that we've seen. The market was far less globalized. Um, It was touching a lot less people in terms of the audience. Um, uh, The types of business models that were being employed were completely different. You know, it was dominated by paid for content as opposed to free to play content. And um, you know, monetizing through, monetization through microtransactions, for example, um, were uh, relatively contained, and now it's the biggest form of monetization in the sector. Um, so I think it's a more environment. It's more, uh, if you could describe the environment, as be described as more complex. Um, so we're entering a phase uh, a recession um, in a more sort of complex environment. Uh, so understanding where the impacts are going to be on a sort of longer term basis are, um, uh, I guess, a more complex undertaking. So, for example, if you looked at the mobile space, um, it's dominated by spending from high spenders or whales, as they're called. Um, it could be argued that there will be an impact on the spending of those types of consumer as we move forward and come out of this um, lockdown, but into a recession, and I think that uh, could have an impact on the mobile games market, for example. One area it strikes me could be significantly impacted is is the console market. I guess there are a number of factors playing into that. Um, one is supply chain issues that um, have impacted in China. Um, the the other potential one is uh, the lockdown on retail stores. Um, What's happening out there in terms of console market, new console launches, and, and, and what do you think the long, near and long-term impact on that particular sector will be? So the near-term impact has actually been pretty positive. So people have been buying more consoles, I think, as a kind of treat before they go into lockdown, they realize they need the entertainment. So there's been an upsurge in buying of actual devices, console devices. Um, supply chain has had some impact as China factories basically went out of action for the whole of February. So that meant there was some shortages of different devices. Uh, So Nintendo Switch, for example, uh, in some markets. And I think that was, it's still kind of working its way through the supply chain at the moment. But I expect that to normalize as the China factories and the assembly plants get back to full capacity. Um, both Sony and Microsoft have come out with comments saying that they don't expect the next generation launches to be impacted, uh, which are occurring uh, by our estimates in November 2020. They said end of 2020, but we're expecting them in November. And I guess the biggest potential for disruption, I think, is the impact of a downturn on adoption of what are likely to be relatively expensive devices coming into the market. At a sort of $500 price point, I think there will be some negative impact from a recession on adoption. Um, 
possibly not so much in these early kind of early adopter phase, so the first sort of three to six months. But then after that, I think there could be a knock-on impact in in terms of um, adoption of of console devices. Ending on what I hope will be a positive, one of the things that we've seen in the news in the last couple of weeks is sports leagues turning to esports as an alternative to physical tournaments. So we've had uh, certain international football leagues staging FIFA 20 tournaments, and we've seen a virtual Grand Prix run last week. Do you think um, the time has come for esports to really surge forward because of the lockdown? Yeah, I mean, I think this inevitably exposes a broader audience to esports and virtual uh, sports events. Uh, so I think it's really positive for the industry. And I think those kind of crossovers between traditional sports organizations, broadcasters and esports organizations will continue after we come out of this lockdown and the kind of gap in availability of, of traditional sports. Um, so I think that this is a fairly watershed moment in effect because i think um not only is it bringing it to a larger audience but it's also establishing these connections between the traditional sports uh, value chain and the esports value chain and i think uh, those connections will maintain themselves as we come out of this uh, lockdown uh, period well, i think what we can conclude is things are still changing very rapidly here at Ampere, we'll be keeping an eye on all of those changes and all of the trends, keeping you up to date through our various channels from our regular reports to these podcasts. So please join us again when we come back to you. Uh, this week, we've heard from Richard Broughton, Lottie Towler and Piers Harding-Rolls and from myself, Guy Bisson. So I hope you'll join us again next time. Thank you. Thank you.